Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. You can head there, get all your wrestling news. We have live podcasts after every show. Raw, SmackDown, we have a nice show on Wednesdays. It's our flagship program. And we do a lot of live post shows. We also have a premium service that I'll tell you a little bit about later. But FightfulWrestling.com, make that your wrestling source. We aim to do things a little bit different. We cover everything. WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, All Elite, MLW, New Japan, all that good stuff, my friends. Uh, And uh, we want to share that with you. We are still a very young site. Don't have the SEO juice that so many of those sites that have been around for 15, 20 years do. So your support is important. So leave us a thumbs up on this video, subscribe, and most importantly, follow us on Twitter at Fightful Wrestle or Fightful Online. Uh, It's pretty easy to decipher how those are divided up. Fightful.com has MMA, boxing, and wrestling. Fightful Wrestling just has wrestling content. But uh, Ring of Honor final battle tonight here on this December 14th show. Man, this was a a good time. I want to say congrats to James Dixon. He's in our live chat right now. He won our giveaway for a free code, a free Fight TV viewing. We're doing those all the time. So make sure you all uh, follow at Fightful online because we're giving away codes all the time. MMA events, uh, Ring of Honor events, Jericho Cruise, all that good stuff. But Ring of Honor final battle and this show, uh, I don't do the weekender personally anymore on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. That's Steven Jensen. But I do still watch Ring of Honor TV. And uh, we do review that, Impact, Lucha Underground, NWA, Being the Elite on that FightfulSelect.com weekender show. But it was obviously the culmination of a lot of things tonight for Ring of Honor. Contracts and uh, storylines and the beginning of a lot of other things for Ring of Honor. You look at the landscape and it looks like all elite wrestling is a foregone conclusion. No TV deal announced yet. No no promotion announced yet. And Ring of Honor's got to tie up loose ends. And everybody that you pretty much expected to win those matches featuring elite members did win those matches. Couldn't have a clean sweep. Marty Skrull's still there for a while. But let's talk about this program, man. It is a lot of fun. If you all want weekly uh, Ring of Honor reviews, Impact Wrestling, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, Lucha Underground, NWA being the elite, check out FightfulSelect.com. That is our premium service. The most direct way to support Fightful.com is Fightful Select. We have a weekly NXT and 205 live show. 
We have a weekly show where we cover those aforementioned programs and a weekly NXT UK show. I have the weekly Fightful Report podcast where I give you exclusive behind-the-scenes news. I do Q&A shows two times a month, a retro review every single month. Lots of goodies over there. Just scoot on over and see if there's something you like there. Let's get into the show. First thing that I noticed, I don't know who made the call to have Ian and Colt standing behind these monitors where you see all these exposed wires in the back of them. That's a bad call. I don't know who makes that decision. Just just have a swing away or something. That way it's not in the shot. Swing them back in. However, the show was lit very well. Uh, If you have ever seen one of my podcasts where I cover a smaller show, a pet peeve is when you can see the house lights, actually the glare in the camera. But they did a good job hiding this for the most part. It happened here and there, but the crowd was lit so well. I love how well Ring of Honor lit this crowd. It was a big change from what we usually see out of Ring of Honor. So that that was something that I saw as a major benefit, a major uh, positive change for them. Kenny King defeated Eli Isom. Kenny King says that Isom is just a commercial for the ROH Dojo. I had Isom winning this. I really thought that they wanted to help establish one of their younger names and essentially run a commercial for the Ring of Honor Dojo, just as Kenny King said. But part of me thinks that they're looking and surveying the landscape, and they say, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, Cody, Kazarian, Daniels, maybe Scorpio Sky. Uh, Yeah, maybe we should keep pushing one of our more established guys. I don't know if Kenny King will be there, and I don't know if I – I don't know what the deal is. Everybody wants to be Tommy Dreamer in wrestling, and I don't get it, but he steals Tommy Dreamer's – Skinny Jean Millennials are the sexors gimmick. And I'm like, all right, okay, sure. You can rock with that. It's just we it it's humbling for me to see Kenny King saying, Oh, millennials are ruining wrestling. Cause I remember when Kenny King was on Tough Enough and got screwed out of that season. But he attacks, goes for a big corkscrew plancha. After a brief brief comeback, Isam gets his own. <clears throat> this seems like move after move without much of a story. Issam manages a belly-to-belly suplex in between uh, Kenny King's chin checker. Kenny King also gets an inverted suplex into the stunner and some other offense. Issam is as good as beaten, but King picks him up to dish out more punishment. This backfires, and Issam gets a gory special, but then King gets a win with a royal flush. Commentary couldn't even make sense of this match, and that's one of the things I appreciate about Colt Cabana as a broadcaster. If something doesn't make sense, he's going to bury it on commentary. He's not going to let the integrity of his call be affected by a match that might not have any. And this match I don't think had any. It's a pay-per-view match. The goal is to win. You want to make money, and Kenny King picks up Eli Isom. Meanwhile, Eli Isom has no real sense of urgency to, uh, to go after the win here. Somebody asked, don't you mean Bully Ray? No, everybody's trying to be Tommy Dreamer. I'll I'll bring it up later. So uh, the fact that commentary had a a real problem piecing together a story for this match, I saw Joe Holbert say, was Eli overmatched or or not? What, What was the deal here? What was the big 
What was the big story? It was that the Eli Isom was the rookie, and was it that Kenny King was so good that he didn't he didn't need to have any sense of urgency to win this match, and it came back to bite him? I mean, maybe, but then Eli Isom has to show that sense of urgency as well, and I don't think that he necessarily did this. And I don't know if that's a great thing considering the type of push that he's gotten. His Ring of Honor clearly likes him, and he is very young in his career. And being young in his career, he's also still very talented as well. I felt like SM should have won this, but like I said, I think Ring of Honor is looking at this like, who are we going to push next year? King spits on SM's hand instead of taking the handshake. I mean, okay. Ring of Honor World Television Championship match. This is my match of the night. Uh, my match ratings are up now on Fightful.com. I'll explain to you how they work. One out of ten scale. It starts at a five. Moves up or down based on if the match was flat out offensive or just decent. For example, no story to the Isam King match, but it was well executed. Five out of ten didn't budge. If you get to six out of ten, that is recommended viewing to me. I put Cobb and Hangman at an eight and a half out of ten. I thought it was an amazing match. What a wonderful sprint this was. I thought this was a blast. Hangman Page, after all the building they did and all the trying they did, I thought this was the night that he looked like a bona fide superstar. Looked like it. His gear looked like it. Physically, he looked like it. In the ring, he looked like it. Still hate that shooting star shoulder block, but we'll talk about that in a bit. And the thing is, I hate that he looks like a legit ROH star just as he's about to leave. A real bummer, man. But this match was not a bummer. This match kicked all kinds of ass. This was easily my favorite match of the night. Uh, no ladders, no no gimmicks, no run-ins, no n- nothing like that. No bullshit and gaga in this match. You had two really good wrestlers and they almost wrestled each other's style, which I thought was amazing to watch. It was such a fascinating view. Cobb catches that shooting star shoulder block with a belly-to-belly suplex. And first off, I'll explain it again. I don't get the shooting star shoulder block. You are slowing your momentum by doing that, by making that extra revolution as you're moving there. It's science. I'm no scientist, but it's science, my friends. Uh, That spot was great. It was good to integrate that in there. Cobb obviously had Paige scouted. There's some great back and forth, and the crowd was wild for this match. There's this deadlift hanging vertical superplex that only gets a one count. But the I thought the one count was such a beautiful follow-up from Cobb holding Paige up in the air, then uh, rolling the dice. That's <laughs> what he did while he was up there. He really hammed it up. It was It was awesome. It was just such a, a wonderful, wonderful way to get the crowd involved into it. He goes for a standing moonsault, he being Cobb, and gets it, but then misses a standing star press. The fact that that man can do that is is unbelievable. Then, when when I think the physical feats have topped out, Paige rolls through a body press and does a deadlift. Fall away slam on Cobb. He didn't do the bridge like he usually does, but you know what? We'll forgive that because Adam Page is not, as we like to call it here on Fightful.com, 
a sirloin beef son's a bitch. He's not. He's about 220, probably. However, Cobb is a meaty. Sirloin beef son's a bitch. Certified Angus, even. Deadlift fallaway slam. Mother of God, that was phenomenal. Cobb does a freaking seated tombstone, which you almost never see these days. This is after the tease of the athletic plex, which is where he reaches around the neck, reaches around the leg, and then basically applies an S-grip with his hands and then swings the opponent around. Cobb is so good with that because he's shorter than a lot of these people, and he's able to get his hips underneath them so well. Page fires back with one of the best buckshot lariats I've ever seen, but walks right into a Cobb helicopter. If you don't know what the Cobb helicopter is, it's it's an F5, but as he throws them in the air, he moves out of the way and gets a little extra revolution. You get uh, one of the closest near falls I've ever seen in wrestling when Page counters Tour of the Islands with a crucifix pin. Cobb then finishes Page off with Tour two, two Tour of the Islands, which is basically a uh, power slam where you go the other way. A throat slash is done to Page before the second one. This is a must-watch match, guys. This is match of the night. Can't headline with it because you had ladder war and you had the title match, the, the world title match. You even had a second title match. But man, Jeff Cobb is the guy to build your show around. If you're losing those people I just mentioned, Jeff Cobb's a hell of a name to have in there. For this company, oh hell yeah. Make him your Taz. Make that guy your Taz. Women of Honor World Championship. This division's struggling. You got Sumi Sakai, who was talking about retirement last year. Madison Rain, who, quite frankly, has never quite worked as a champion, but has gotten so much better offensively in the ring. Selling, not so much. She she relies a lot on the heavy breathing as selling, but offensively, I think Madison Rain has really stepped up her game. And you had Karen Q, who has garnered WWE interest, and you see why in this match. But Madison applies a couple of vicious cross-body blocks. Karen Q has Sumi and Madison in a double Boston Crab, but then works with Klein to beat up Rain. Klein and Karen get a little too competitive beating up Madison Rain, but you can see the miscommunication coming from a mile away. We get like half of a Tower of Doom spot where Kelly Klein does it, but Sakai missile drop kicks Klein and a problem I had here was Klein got right back up, didn't sell that much at all, but had to because she had to be there for the next spot. As uh, as she had to fall away, slam Sakai. Karen Q gets eliminated first with Kelly Klein's K power. That's what happens when you get that WWE interest. Sakai gets her ass broken by Madison Rain, who is in disbelief times two that she didn't get the pin. Sakai gets smash mouth on Rain, but then Klein sneaks in and gets the pin. There's a lot of waiting around for the next spot in this match. And I wasn't necessarily comfortable with that. A lot of, a lot of holding things off. You have uh, Klein kicking out of smash mouth and gets a deadlift falling power bomb. Like, like the one that Kane used for about a year or for a few months in like 0102 looked really good. Sumi Sakai kicks out of K-Power, so Klein has to go up and hit Super K-Power 
and she gets the win. You know, I figured Kelly Klein to hold the title by the summer, but she ends up ending Sumi Sakai's reign at final battle. Now, does Kelly Klein need some work? She sure does. But when you look at this division, is Madison Rain the best call? I don't think so, man. I really don't. Jenny Rose, she's getting better. Jenny Rose has gotten a lot better as long as she doesn't call the damn title the Women's Championship anymore. That was kind of weird. It's it's women's. If you've ever heard Michael Cole harassing Tony Chimmel about that, but it can't be can't be Tennille. She's out for a while. Can't do it. Can't can't rock with that. Kelly Klein's really your best bet and. The thing is, they had Kelly Klein on a wild winning streak for a very long time and then sacrificed it because they thought they could build around Deanna. Then Deanna got the WWE call. They had Klein right off Deanna. They had Klein right off Deanna and Sumi, essentially, or, or Karen, rather. Kelly Klein beat everybody in this match. She went over strong. Who else you got? You're going to rock with Mandy Leone versus Kelly Klein? Good luck with that. I don't think it's going to work out that great for you. Sakai, I didn't agree with Sumi Sakai winning the title when she did. I thought it should have been Deanna or Tennille Dashwood, but considering that Deanna was leaving, I think Sakai was, uh, I, I think Tennille should have won it. However, since they didn't put it on her and Tennille ended up getting hurt, Sakai was somebody that this division needed. Sakai made every single person that she worked with better. And there were a lot of women on this roster who needed to get better. A whole lot of women on this roster needed to get better. There are a lot of not TV ready women on this roster. A lot of them. And I I hope they hang on to, I don't know what Bonesaw Brooks is doing with them right now, but she should be integrated a little bit more. I thought that Bonesaw Brooks had one of the best matches of that tournament. Stella Gray ain't ready. Brandy Rhodes is all right. But Brandy Rhodes is, is better suited for the role she has with Cody. because She is so important to the main event act of Cody that I think she fits best there, and she'll be gone anyway. But what you got, Gabby Ortiz? Nobody knows who she is, all due respect to her. Mandy Leone looks like a, a TV star, is not a TV wrestling star. Tennille Dashwood's hurt. So right now you got you got a few people. Maybe maybe get Thunder Rosa in there. Uh, Joshua Wilburn in the live chat says they should try to sign Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford had just had a tryout today, or I think yesterday with WWE. Britt Baker, yeah, they should. Here's the issue with Britt Baker: she's got a one year dental contract. <laughs> she talked to me about this uh, last month. She's got a dental contract, so she might have to miss some dates. I'd try to bring in Ivelisse. If Lucha Underground is going to allow you to work with their contracted talent, get Ivelisse in there. Love of God, please get Ivelisse in there. What's she doing not signed by Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling? I don't know, man. That's your Women of Honor match. Up next, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Jonathan Gresham. Anybody who's watched this show for probably one or two episodes, you know I'm a catch-as-catch-can wrestling fanatic. Trained it, love it, really enjoy it. Tom Lawler told me that there are a few people that 
he thinks could handle themselves outside of pro wrestling, and Jonathan Gresham is one of them. I thought Jonathan Gresham was going to win this match. Well, we'll talk about that in a bit. The chain wrestling and the transition between these two are fantastic. I'm a big fan of how Zack Sabre Jr. uses elbows to block escape routes for so many holds. Like sometimes, for example, and he didn't do this, but for example, when I say blocking the hips, say you are Daniel Bryan and you're going to apply a yes lock and you have the arm laced through your leg. If you don't lock on that cross face in time, your opponent can essentially somersault, roll through, and turn around and end up in your guard or end up in half or end up in something like that. So what you want to do is reach around the hip. And that blocks the hip. It keeps them from rolling out. Zack Sabre will use his elbows to block hips sometimes for these submissions. Sometimes we'll just dig them into the ribs to be a dick. I really like it. The only qualm I had with this match is um, is the fact that Saber bumped a little bit late on a drop kick and a little wide. Like he took the drop kick and bumped out wide like that. But far be it from me to tell Zach Saber Jr. how to bump. Uh, Zach being able to run and hit the ropes and then go right into a, an abdominal stretch was very impressive and very quick. Couldn't I mean that's that takes some talent. They traded some big strikes and I think this helped get the crowd into it a little bit more. The crowd um, didn't seem as if they were appreciating this enough until then, but then they got into it. And this is a good style for Ring of Honor. I I don't know if it's sustainable, but it's good. It's a nice change of pace. Zack Sabre Jr. uh, escapes an ankle lock, hits a PK, and the finish comes when Sabre scores a big no-hands bridge to an awesome reaction. I know we're getting Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tracy Williams on Ring of Honor TV soon. But it really seems like since Jonathan Gresham had that that match that made him on Ring of Honor TV with with Jay Lethal, there's an amazing extended cut of that on on Honor Club, by the way. He hasn't gotten that big win since then. He beat Tracy Williams, who's going to face Zack Sabre Jr., and that's neat. That's cool. But I really thought that was the way to to establish him and say, hey, Jonathan Gresham is a player. Keep your eye on him. And that's fine if you're just kind of putting that in everybody's conscious, but it doesn't seem like he gets the big wins. He, I mean, he didn't beat Kushida. He didn't beat Flip Gordon. Um, he's been tagging with Jay Lethal. That's cool. He didn't beat Bully Ray. He didn't get any, any of these big wins. He's... Just losing to everybody. He beat Joe Hendry. That's it. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. And that's okay. Because if you're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. around for any length of time, especially if you can get him to work several dates, TV tapings at least, in Ring of Honor in uh, in 2019, by all means, put Zack Sabre Jr. over. He's a more familiar name. He's got a little bit of WWE exposure. He's got New Japan exposure. He is a more a more polished guy than Jonathan Gresham, but that's like, do you want gold or platinum? They're both outstandingly polished wrestlers. But unless they have really big plans for Zack Sabre Jr., Gresham should have won this. But we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. 
I, I'm open to see how it works. It's just Ring of Honor's booking has not exactly <clears throat> filled me with confidence over the past year or so. Matt Taven's real ROH World Championship is on the line. If you've watched my shows for a while, you know that yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Taven. I think I, it seems like every few months he's cosplaying as a different wrestler, not based on his in-ring style, but based on his in-ring gear. And that's okay because lots of people do that. Dolph Ziggler's done that for years. The Young Bucks do that all the time. But for a guy like Taven, who they seem it seem like they are perpetually preparing for a Ring of Honor title match that never happens, I was uh, I was surprised that that you know, he wore the AJ Styles stylish pants and gear, gloves and all that stuff. But maybe it's a coincidence. He puts his title on the line and spits in Castle's face. Castle does not look at 100%. He's braced up on his back and his knee is noticeably slower. A not 100% Dalton Castle is still exceptional, though. Uh, The boys save him from being knocked off the apron. He misses a turnbuckle and falls outside. Taven goes after him with a suicide dive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see one of the gnarliest spots I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to try to pull it up for you guys because this is something that you just got to see. It's it's unbelievable how this all went down. Taven clears the top rope and just completely eats it in one of the, the most filthy, uh, gnarly, Crash and burns that I that I've seen. Let's let's take a look. Ow! Let's take another look at this. Hopefully, I don't get demonetized. But ow! Unbelievable! The balls on this guy. Now, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, that was stupid. That was stupid. That was not a planned spot." Barricade was just a little too close. Wasn't a planned spot from from what I understand. The fact that he was able to get up and get back in this match, the balls on that guy. A lot of respect for him for doing that. He regains control with a backbreaker and a DDT, but it's hard to tell the story that Dalton Castle's in so much pain from all these surgeries. When you have a man almost impale himself on a guardrail. It's impossible to tell that story now. The boys get involved to a big pop, and then Vinny comes out from under the ring with balloons and gets in with a double reverse DDT. This I like. I've complained for a long time about the, the kingdom not being able to establish their own identity with the retread conspiracy storyline. This is way better. This is something that sets him apart. It's something different. I like that. He then disappears back underneath the ring. Uh, TK. 
distracts the ref, and Taven slugs Castle with a title belt, but it's not enough. Castle takes out TK and hits Rave or Taven with a bangerang into the ring post. A really cool spot. Castle has the match one, but TK throws one of the boys into the pen to break it up. Another bangerang lands, and Taven is too close to the ropes. Taven counters uh, a third to win with a climax. He has improved significantly in 2018. He's probably getting that title shot at MSG. That's just my estimation, but we'll see. This was this was a pretty good match. I thought this was better than Skrull Daniels. I thought this was better than the world title match. I thought it was better than the Women of Honor title match. I thought that Taven really stepped up here, and he needed to because... If he's getting this kind of push with all these guys here, his push is only going to be more when they're gone. Ring of Honor's got to start getting thrifty with talent. And my friends, if you want to be thrifty, check out On Your Own. They are a free personal finance blog that provide free and unbiased information that anyone can understand. OnYourOwn.org slash Fightful. Whether you're starting out in the real world or just looking for a new beginning, On Your Own will be there as a helpful guide and your biggest supporter. They're written by personal finance experts from the NEFE, the National Endowment for Financial Education, the leading nonprofit national foundation dedicated to inspiring, empowered financial decision-making for individuals and families. OnYourOwn.org slash Fightful helps you decide what kind of credit card you want to get, what to do if your identity is stolen. And it only links to reputable resources you can trust. So all of your personal finance questions can be answered on the blog or by one of our resources at onyourown.org slash Fightful. Check them out. It is absolutely free. It is an awesome resource. I know we got a lot of young people here. It's hard to make those decisions. Like, what do you do if your, your identity gets stolen? What do you do? How do you know which credit card is best for you? onyourown.org slash Fightful. Check them out. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Winner gets an ROH World Championship match. Marty Skrull defeated Christopher Daniels. This match gets the, we're going to call this match softly because it's super important treatment from the announce team. You know, I... I hate to pick on Ian Riccoboni because he is one of the nicest people I've interacted with ever in wrestling. He is such a kind person. I think he would be better served not trying to wedge in his references and instead trying to get the the talent over in the ring. And it seems like a lot of the stuff that he talks about, he brings back to him and how it relates to him. It's not always necessary. Not on commentary when you're trying to get somebody over. Hey, you want to join my podcast and talk about how it relates to you? Awesome. I love that insight. But when you're trying to get other people over, your personal experiences don't matter as much unless they're one-on-one personal experiences. Just just, just my feelings. I, And I think that Ian Riccoboni is a talented enough announcer to be able to do that. I think he's he's very knowledgeable. He's so plugged in. Just just a qualm. A lot of reversals and counters until Daniels chops Skrull's leg out from under him on the apron and hits an Arabian press. Skrull gets the advantage at ringside and really works over Daniels. Hits a missile drop kick and a half-and-half suplex. Big fan of that half-and-half suplex. 
but runs right into a blue thunderbomb and an STO. There's a series of reversals and counters that lead to a scroll driver for two. Daniels rolls through a chicken wing attempt for a near fall. And then Daniels busts out a burning hammer. He went all curry man on him. I love that. Skrull hit the tombstone and pins a la The Undertaker. But when Daniels gets his shoulder up and throws his hands up in the air, Skrull catches his hand, breaks his fingers. Good reaction from the crowd. Marty gets really frustrated and can't seem to finish off Daniels. Tries the chicken wing, tries to cheat, everything. He is able to kick out of Angel's wings, and graduation can't finish it for Skrull either. So Skrull gets frustrated, stomps out Daniel's head, and applies the cross-face chicken wing. Daniel stays in this for quite a while and is forced to tap out. A nice story, I thought, but the story is that if Christopher Daniels wasn't a champion or a top contender or there wasn't some extenuating circumstance, that he would uh, be done with Ring of Honor, that Joe Coff wouldn't renew his contract. Hold the phone on that. We get a great farewell to Christopher Daniels, but then Bully Ray shows up and punches Daniels right in the penis. I think that Bully Ray has been such an excellent heel. And I thought this next match, even though it wasn't for me, I gave it a 5.75 out of 10. That's under my recommended viewing. If you like 1996 ECW, this is a 7 out of 10, maybe an 8 out of 10. Because it was booked like mid-90s ECW. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That type of... The match ratings are for my personal taste. This match was <laughs> very mid-90s ECW. And that's... I'm talking like non-wrestler women getting involved. Authority figures getting involved. People running to save the day. Literal ECW people from 1996 being involved. Uh... Another qualm I had with Ian Riccoboni is him saying there, there was a blonde in the first row, and you, you could notice she stuck out like a sore thumb. Beautiful woman. Stuck out like a sore thumb in this crowd full of people with black shirts and beards and hats on. And Ian says, that's Flip Gordon's girlfriend in the first row. She bought a ticket. That's not a complimentary ticket. And I'm thinking, who does that put over? Not her. Not Flip. Flip couldn't say, hold on, sweetie. I'll ask Gary Juster for that front row ticket for you. Feifel gets tickets. Why why doesn't Flip Gordon get comp tickets? I don't know, man. Flip comes out waving an American flag and hits a Van Daminator. Bully Ray turns the tides and beats Flip up with a trash can. Then Bully starts pushing around Bobby Cruz in, in uh, ringside, pushes him into the barricade. He uh, shoves Todd Sinclair down because Sinclair gets in his face. And I mean, like, Sinclair can't DQ him. It's an I quit match. And Bully threatens Carrie Silken with a kendo stick. As he goes to hit Carrie Silken with a kendo stick, Christopher Daniels reemerges and jumps out in front of the cane shot. Very, I thought that was a nice way that that leaves you with the question, what's happening with Christopher Daniels? What's going to happen with Christopher Daniels? Bully then grabs Flip girlfriend right out of her non-comp seat that she paid for. She's got a lawsuit on her hands. And no one ring of honor, they'll run a lawsuit angle. But uh, threatens to powerbomb her. Uh, This sold me a ticket as the finish. 
I thought for sure this is the finish. And I picked Flip Gordon to win this, but as it unfolded, I was like, ah, this is how they'll do it. Flip shows compassion for his girlfriend, gets him over more as a baby face. But instead, Carrie Silken hits Bully with the cane, which only serves to piss him off. Flip's girlfriend then punches Bully right in the penis, and then a bloodied Flip kisses her. Look familiar? It, it, Tommy Dreamer. Flip Gordon applies a crossface with a flag. If you all heard my interview with him, you probably heard him talk about using the crossface or uh, an STFU. He said that he's open to using both of those as submission wins. But then we see Silas Young attacking, who just signed a new Ring of Honor deal. And uh, hits with Misery. Cheeseburger tries to make a save, and he hits hit with Misery, too. But then Colt Cabana, who's been in and out of this storyline, shows up and beats down Silas and Bully as they try to set a table on fire. They end up attacking him, but the lights go out. Sandman is there with a beer. Now, when I mention everybody is trying to be Tommy Dreamer, and somebody says, oh, don't you mean Bully Ray? No, I don't mean Bully Ray. Flip Gordon literally took a caning like Tommy Dreamer did from Bully Ray a few weeks ago. Tommy Dreamer is still on TV these days, all across TV. He basically handed off a gimmick, the gimmick, to Eddie Edwards. Everybody can't be Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's still wrestling. He's working Brian Pillman at MLW tonight. Come on. So we get a cane shot, star-spangled stunner. Then Sandman gives Gordon a cane and Flip beats Bully until he quits. Fine. Cool. Flip needed to win, man. Flip needed to win. I don't know if he's going to be in the, the world title picture right now, and I don't know if he's ready, but he needed to win this match. So I'm all for that. Uh, he is one of the guys that they've got under contract for quite a while, even though he is a friend of the All Elite guys and the Being the Elite guys. Got to hold on to him, man. <clears throat> Ring of Honor World Championship, Jay Lethal defeated Cody. Wasn't wasn't for me. Cody's out with camo gear, and a pirate patch takes to the mic, and it says he says that it sounds like the crowd loves him. But if he loved them, he'd be doing the Madison Square Garden show so they can all kiss his ass. Had to get that crowd reaction. Jay Lethal says this is his company. And when this match is over, the shiny new toy will be dull and gone. Early on in the match, Cody's knee gives out, but he's playing possum to attack Lethal. That kind of confused me, though. Because as his knee gave out, they went through a very transparent spot where they were making it look like they were calling a spot. Like calling it in the ring. It's a little too cute for my liking. Lethal regains control pretty early on, but Cody hits a power slam and works on Lethal's wrist. Lethal then goes after Cody's leg, and I mean, he does it for a solid five minutes. Uh, They tease a couple of ref bumps, and then Brandy spears Jay Lethal because she has a bionic clavicle. It's not believable, but it's absolutely hilarious. And I thought it was was really entertaining that because Brandy has all this steel in her shoulder and clavicle that she's able to spear people. And the spear looked damn good. So shout-outs to Brandy Rhodes for, to be honest with you, any time she does a move or takes a move to or from a guy, it looks really, really good. 
she doesn't hesitate to really lay it in, and I can appreciate that. But Lethal accidentally knocks over Brandy while Cody has the ref distracted and kicks out of Crossroads number two. Keep in mind, he kicked out of Crossroads number one after the bionic spear. And commentary is really, really letting Cody have it. Caprice Coleman's like, man, Cody doesn't even care about his wife. That was that was good. That was a nice touch. Cody Rhodes has a figure four applied, and Hangman Page shows up and rings the bell and hands Cody the title. But Todd Sinclair isn't buying it. I thought it was a really good touch, though. Really nice touch to have that in the match. Although I thought it got a little too cutesy. Between the ref bumps and almost ref bumps and Brandy and Paige and all this. And you had all that in the Taven match and you had all that in the flip and bully match and you had it all over the place. I didn't think you needed it here. Didn't think you needed it here. Too many big matches had that. However, lethal hits five suicide dives. Can't win. It didn't seem like this was getting a lot of, of heat. Uh, Lethal then does a crossroads on Cody after Cody had this really nice spladel pin that, that I also enjoyed. Lethal or Cody doesn't win with a vertebraker. Lethal injection and two super kicks, but then Lethal taps out Cody with a figure four. Cody had reversed a, a lethal injection attempt and Lethal went into the figure four. So that's a nice callback to Ric Flair and Lethal's connection to him as well as, uh, Cody's connection to Dusty and Ric Flair. So that that's that's it. Marty Scroll comes out to the ring, snags the title belt from Lethal. And as Cody's leaving, Nick Aldis, NWA World's Champion, and Camila, who uh, you all may know from NWA 70, but you may know her. I don't know if she's still dating Braun Strowman, but did at one point. That was a nice tease, although... You're hurting for talent for Ring of Honor, like in-ring work rate talent. I don't know if Nick Aldis is the guy. I mean, I think he is a less over, less versatile version of Cody Rhodes. I mean, I know NWA thinks the world of him and Camila, but I don't know if it's there, but I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships Ladder War. The Briscoes defeated SCU and the Young Bucks. This was what it was going to be. It was a spot fest, and it was a damn good one. Matt Jackson does a cannonball chair drop kick onto Mark Briscoe. Kazarian with an inside-out Hurricane Rana that makes Jackson spear Briscoe. Then Scorpio finishes the sequence by getting a cutter on the apron to Nick. I do wish about 95% fewer people would do the cutter in WWE, or just Ring of Honor. I mean, shit, if it's Jay Lethal's finish, stop doing it, everybody. That may be fixed, as most of the offenders are going to be gone soon. Jay Briscoe double foot stomps Scorpio Sky through a table, and they take out both teams with trash cans. Kazarian already busted open. Mark Briscoe has a ladder super kicked into his face. Then Jay gets powerbombed into a leaning ladder. The Bucks are paying homage to the Rockers with their outfits, but they look more like they're paying homage to road signs. It looks like they made these these today. Kazarian springboards off the second rope, Yank Nick's off Nick off the ladder, and then does a code breaker. And he's rewarded by having his leg back body dropped into the ladder. 
I like Caprice Coleman. He just adds a, just such a fresh sense of how, how do I put spontaneity. He's not scripted. He just says what's on his mind, and usually, I mean, it doesn't always accentuate the match, but it's fresh and it's different. You're an Augie on the ladder. There's a super hurricane runner that sends Matt under the ladder. A back body drop over the top rope through a table. Some good spots here. None better through the middle of this match, in my estimation, as I crapped on somebody doing a cutter. But it's SCU doing an assisted slingshot cutter over the top rope through a table at ringside. Really good. Jay Briscoe is bleeding, and Matt Jackson has a sledgehammer, which they've been alluding to in being the elite. He throws it away because, you know, it's the Triple H connection and opts for a super kick instead. The Bucks then catch Scorpio Sky with a pop-up spear. That was a really good spot. They are always adding. I I don't know. I mean, maybe fast-paced wrestling isn't for you. But, man, I I love how much the Bucks always add, always change, always – Always make their always make their arsenal just just more and more wide. SCU do their merry go round uh, DDT on Nick Jackson on the floor, but Mark Briscoe takes both of them out by throwing a damn ladder over the top rope onto them. Unbelievable! Jay Drillo takes out Matt, and everyone is down. Kazarian looks like he's having trouble getting Briscoe up through a through a table, and then he converts it and does a styles clash onto a chair. And that was such an over spot. The crowd loved it. And he even did the AJ Styles hand gesture. A nice reaction. He and Mark end up fighting on top of the ladder. And boy, did I have a big, big problem with ROH production here. Mark falls off this ladder. Falls through another ladder, and Ring of Honor production completely missed it. God damn, that's embarrassing. Unbelievable to miss that. What a guy put himself through. What a guy... What he put himself through for the sake of that that match. And not only did you miss it, but on the replays at the end of the match, you don't even show it. If I'm Mark Briscoe and I watch this back, boy, am I pissy. Boy, am I mad. Because that's shit. You're a broadcast company. Either way, Nick Jackson is sent from a ladder all the way to the floor. It looks like he hurt his elbow. It was uh, nasty, man. Real nasty. Uh, elbow was <laughs> was he was holding it. You could kind of kind of see it, but um, uh, here's the hoping that he's okay. Then Kazarian gets knocked off a table or knocked off a ladder through a table, and Briscoes win. It's who we predicted. Uh, I predicted the Briscoes to win. I predicted Jay Lethal to win. Flip Gordon to win. Marty Skrull to win. Uh, Taven to beat Castle. I had Gresham over Zack Sabre Jr. I had Sumi Sakai winning Women of Honor match. I had Cobb winning, and I had Eli Issam winning. So all but three matches we we had had picked correctly. 
I've been told that the Young Bucks stayed out afterwards as well as the rest of the, the BTE guys, and they filmed BTE and had essentially a curtain call. We'll have more on that uh, this weekend. We have a WWE TLC show Sunday. Got a an MMA wrap-up show tomorrow night after Milwaukee, UFC Milwaukee, and uh, all that stuff. But um, it's... It's a weird era for Ring of Honor right now because they are losing a lot of marquee names. Are Daniels and Kazari marquee names? No, not necessarily, but they are familiar names. Cody, the Bucks, Paige, at this point, yes, they are marquee names. Paige, I think, especially helped solidify himself as one tonight. This show was a good watch. I had some people complaining that it was four hours long, but it's their WrestleMania, essentially. Maybe not now because they have a a way bigger show WrestleMania weekend, but especially with these guys, I don't have a problem with the length of the show. Not a problem at all. Remember, guys, FightfulSelect.com. It's where you can go to get a lot of bonus podcasts, but if you all don't mind, hit me with a thumbs up. Share this video on Twitter. Share any of our stuff on Twitter. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, iTunes, uh, Google, we're, we're all over the place. So I want to thank you guys for supporting us. If you all want to do us a real good solid, leave us an iTunes review. That stuff helps too. I want to know your thoughts on Ring of Honor Final Battle. What was your favorite match? To me, Paige Cobb, and I think it really solidified Cobb as the guy who should be the main event guy. The TV title shouldn't be the workhorse title. The Ring of Honor World Championship should be. I would have Cobb right in there with with Jay Lethal in New York in Madison Square Garden. I would. It's the way I'd go. Thank you guys so much for making me a part of your day, making me a part of your night. Here it's it's past it's almost 1 a.m. Eastern time. Some of you are here joining me. TLC Sunday. Got my match ratings up in podcast notes. Go ahead and check those out. Fightfulwrestling.com.